Bye, Virginia. Jen says bye. Love you, babe. Love you, babe. Cut that out. Love you, babe. <laughs> Tell her I said it. She says, love you, babe. <laughs> love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
I cannot remember watching it, you know, like when I was young or anything like that. When I got older, after I moved to Madison, I was working at a video store. We would play movies and the Evil Deads were one of the many staples. So I do recall that kind of being the the first time actually kind of paying attention. And then as the movies are playing, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this, especially stuff out of uh, from Army of Darkness. I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this and a bit of that, but nothing had really stuck and and sunk in. So by the time I had watched them, also in my 20s, I I was like, the the first two movies, I was like, God, these are cheesy as fuck (laughs) and very, very laughable. And so it made it kind of a fun mystery theater 3000 style watch with the rewatch i'll give it to to the evil dead the first one there's some a couple like two or three really good i thought shots that built the the suspense and the terror like you said it's kind of there's one shot in particular i'm thinking of kind of early in the movie where uh they're kind of sitting around or whatever and the way that the camera is framed you get i think maybe cheryl in the foreground and then in the background is like one of the other rooms and i think that's when the hatch to the basement flips open oh yeah they're eating dinner yeah, yeah. right i thought okay. i thought that that one shot was done really well and was kind of scary but then you know it goes in and i'm just then i start giggling because i was like this, this is kind of bad but in a really good fun way and then i remember i remember always liking the evil dead two more having that one being my favorite out of the original three and I was telling Timmy that, and he was giving me a hard time. He's like, what better than army of darkness? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So when I got to army of darkness, I was like, okay, so there are things in this movie that I, I do like, you know, we get the name, the boomstick and uh, just his quippy one-liners and his <laughs> kind of shitty attitude. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was like, I don't know this one. This one was fun. So I don't know if it's my least favorite still, but it's I have I've I enjoyed it for this rewatch for the for the pod. And you rewatched all three, right? They were the. Yep. OK. Yep. So I don't really remember specifically a time other than after like in my 20s when I watched them. So by the time I got to them, the the cheese in the camp was already, you know, built in and that's what it was known for. So that's how I went into them and not thinking that they were any kind of like a quote, legitimate horror movie or anything. So I was never really scared or <laughs> terrorized. <laughs> Although in the first movie, there is the uh, Cheryl runs off into the woods and then the vines and everything attack her. That's unnecessary. And I'm glad that Sam and Bruce have come out and said that they really wish that that scene hadn't been in the in the first movie. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's a little off-putting, but I also, if if, I feel like if the script was written a little better, you could have justified maybe that happening. But I feel like it was just kind of unnecessary because the evil was already there and unleashed. There's no reason for it to have to do that particular thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is what, is what my idea was. But if it was like the whole to go to a, another shitty movie, but like the, uh, what is it? Friday the 13th, Jason goes to hell where he's got to be born through something to regain his, his whatever. I, yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, then maybe I get that scene where like the, the evil has to, you know, impregnate somebody to, to come out into its form or whatever, but that's not what that was at right. all. 
So it was like, well, there was, there was no need for it. Right. I completely agree. I, mean, I, I, I get the scare value and I, and I think, cause I, I'm trying to remember this correctly, but I think the original reason they actually kept it in was cause it was going to be like the films. Oh, you got to see this movie for this thing. At least like it's supposed to be the shock value of yeah. it is what I think Sam Raimi had said in an interview. Okay. But now he regrets doing it. So, and, and I can, I can appreciate that the um, yeah, the regret of it. So other than that, you know, I still love the first one because it's just a lot of fun. The they're so young and I couldn't stop giggling at, at Bruce Campbell because he's so young and he's got just like this tiny squeaky voice because <laughs> he's probably what in his like twenties or something. Well, gotta be. So, and the kids were just rewatching Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and he voices uh, the mayor of Swallow Falls. And so I just finished hearing like his older, deeper voice. So to hear this young 20 year old squeaky, (laughs) where's the cabin? (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Hey, how did you watch the first one? What what format did you watch it on? Uh, DVD. And I think we just watched um, the standard size and not like widescreen. So, it was nothing fancy, not super remastered or anything like that, but it was just the uh, standard vision, standard size. Yeah. I, I, the reason I asked that is because I, I bought, I bought uh, it's Evil Dead and it's a great series still. And I bought them on DVD, but the first one I got, for some reason, the audio was just terrible. I could barely hear anything that was being spoken like the sound effects and everything else would blare, but you couldn't make out half, half of what they were saying. Sometimes it just, it, so I didn't know if you had the same problem with your, with your format or whatever. No, not that I recall nothing major, but I know what you're talking about because we've watched movies and streamed and DVD various titles and stuff where, especially action movies, like the, the talking is very, very quiet. And then all the explosions and the gunfight are really fucking loud. Yeah, so you're constantly turning the TV up and down so you can hear. Yep, yep. And it, it's just annoying. And that's why I like my closed caption. I'm able to read along a little bit and kind of miss that, some of those bits. But um, one thing that I really liked about the first three movies is that there was a different Linda. <laughs> I got that written down too, yeah. So I like that they just kind of, especially by Army of Darkness, just really leaned into that and just said, fuck it. <laughs> We're going to get, uh, was it Jane Fonda? Bridget Fonda. Bridget, Bridget Fonda, I believe. Yeah. Jane I Fonda's the older here. one. Yeah, it's, it was just, I started laughing. I forgot that they had done that. So what did you think about kind of the changing of the Lindas? And also uh, we'll kind of start off with the great debate of, the evil dead versus the evil dead two, if it's a sequel or a remake. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't care so much <laughs> that they used a different Linda, I guess. Fine. Whatever. That's not my biggest, biggest concern. Cause I understand, you know, people have lives and contracts and stuff like that and you can't get the same person, whatever. I, I get all that, but where you start to really piss me the fuck off is when you start, continuity screwing shit up that now that kind of pisses me off and i can still get over the fact that when they transition from the first one to the second one that instead of it being the five 
five people in the cabin that it's just him and Linda in the second one. I can even overlook that. But God damn it, in the first one, you burnt the Necronomicon and it's turned to ash. And now all of a sudden, it magically appears someplace else and somebody's got some extra pages of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> you lost me. You lost me. So that really, really pissed me off. How about you? I mean, doesn't that kind of stick? Like, it's a central focus of the movies, this this book. And in the first one, it's destroyed. Mm -hmm. And now in the second one, it's like, oh, I came back because plot and <laughs> paychecks, you know, yep. so... But I guess, you know, because we've got the time travel aspect involved, too, by the second one, because at the end of the second one, that's when he gets zapped back into uh, medieval times. Hey, what one one bitch is uh, one bitch and gripe at a time here. I got OK, I want to I want to settle on this one because that one's that one's coming at the end of this at the Evil Dead 2 when we when we go from the transition from Evil 2 to Army of Darkness, because that one pisses me off. But too. now that we know that there's like time travel, I mean, rewatching it, you can kind of almost say like, all right, well, since we know he goes back in time and, you know, fights, you know, fights the Army of Darkness and everything, maybe he fucked something up going back, you know, the butterfly effect but with deadites and the necronomicon no i'm not buying yeah it. you just stared at me blankly like the fuck are you babbling about so yeah, okay. that, <laughs> no and, and and i got a little tirade about time travel too so oh buddy but um but yeah so because i guess there's like this great debate on whether or not evil dead 2 is because i think there was what did i read something having to do with like the licensing or something right so the first one so that's why they kind of yes. had to reshoot the uh, like quote previously on recap and do it the way that they did it for the second one. And like you, I'm like, all right, fine. I can, I can roll with this. Cause what if this is now in just within uh, like kind of Ash's memory and he's only remembering him and Linda and the terrible shit, right. And that cold open before uh, he falls into that big muddy puddle or whatever. So I'm like, okay, so that's how the recap, maybe that's how the recap was supposed to be framed. And that's why we lost the other cabin people, whatever, like you didn't really care much, but I still like the second one. I think I still like the second one more. I think it's still, it's kind of like when they go to make, hmm, how do I want to phrase this? It's like, they just kind of lean in to like the cheesiness and the campiness and wanting to make something just kind of fun with a little horror to it. And whereas like the first one feels like almost feels like they really tried to make a scary movie and it just came out not great because it looked so much like uh, like a college final. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. No, and that, but that's exactly what wound up happening. The first one was meant to be a real scary movie. And then but then when it came out and it didn't really affect the fans that they want that that the way they wanted it to then i think that's what wound up happening when they when uh the studio through was like hey you want to make another one they're like well screw it we can't make a horror movie because we're not that scary but everybody enjoyed it for the laughs so let's mm -hmm. amp that up a little bit yeah and that's exactly what they wound up doing so yeah and i and i love that now with like a army of darkness i don't see that one so much as like the horror you know the comedy horror it's more like of a comedy action adventure yeah. You know, with the the battles and the fighting and the but with that supernatural twist because of the the deadites and everything. Well, the reason that was though is because the uh, they were trying to shoot for a PG-13 rating 
but because this the uh whatever whoever does the ratings was like oh sam raimi movie rated r oh and so they wound up doing some reshoots after that to amp up some violence and gore just because well if you're gonna give us an r rating anyway and we're just gonna try to use it to our advantage now Hmm. so coming in with the fun facts i try all right so you got some stuff you need to get off your chest you want to go ahead and um start on your rants like i said with with the continuity and i even wrote this down because i like i said it's been my 20 so 20 years ago i originally watched these and for my one of my notes for the evil dead too is like 10 minutes into this movie nothing seems to make sense what's up with the continuity here like nothing matches Mm -hmm. at all like you could have just as well not even done anything and just redone the whole movie Mm -hmm. at that point especially for as fast as they ran through it anyway in that intro i think it was only 10 15 minutes and then you were right up to that scene where you've got uh sam Raimi driving that bike down the behind the cabin and then through the doors and hits Mm -hmm. hits bruce campbell like that only that's literally 15 minutes in so you could have just i don't know not had evil i don't know how you fix that but yeah, so that was yeah, that's one of the things I wrote. I don't know. Yeah, that continuity. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on that all episode here. I'm sorry. <laughs> and for those that have listened to the uh uh grounded for life episodes, you will know that Josh is big time into uh the continuity and does not do well with continuity errors and fuck ups. <laughs> yeah, like like the video game. It was it was yeah. only like for two seconds that one up the one episode they had were the video games and I was like wait a minute he's got an Xbox controller but it's a PlayStation game <laughs> but the box for it's not even the right it's not even for like a Commodore or something and then the instruction <laughs> booklet wouldn't fit in the box it's like you guys did not do this well at all super nerd I love yeah, it sorry about that oh no, no yeah because I, I even I even paused it and walked right up to the screen I was trying to figure out like what game was that supposed to be but I couldn't. It wasn't that clear, so I couldn't do it. Nice throwback, though. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. But before before we go into um, before we go into the whole Army of Darkness one, did you know that the cabin that they used is no longer there anymore? I did read about that. Yes, and that it was actually it was like I guess like a legit abandoned cabin that they found in the for the first one in Tennessee. And so they had yep. to clean it out because you know filled with poop and all of that and then what was it like because the filming experience was so shitty and it was like freezing and everyone was like miserable there was that whether or not Raimi actually burned down the cabin I think was kind of what that's not what I had heard see and I heard I kind of read a couple of different things that one yes he or he had maybe like threatened or kind of semi-joked about burning it down when they were done but whether or not he did kind of remains like the, the myth and that the only thing that was left standing was the fireplace. Yes. Cause it was made of stone. Yes. And that for that one too, they no longer, I guess they, they will not give out like the filming location of where the cabin was just to keep fans away and keep them from fucking with whatever may have been left. So what actually happened in the cabin? I was not able to, uh, determined based on a little bit of reading that I did, but it sounds like it's kind of a myth, a lore of the evil dead, which I think just makes it that much more fun. And I'd like to think that at the end, they did all just ceremoniously burn it to the ground. So what I, what I had heard is you're partly right though, that 
the, the, the conditions on set for the first one were very terrible, but that was by Sam's design though, too. He wanted them to be miserable. He wanted them to be cold, but the cast wasn't having, and the production crew wasn't having any of that. So as filming progressed, you'll notice less and less props because they used to burn them just to stay warm. Yes. Yep. Is what I had heard. Yep. So that's where the props had gone. Now, after the original release, I believe people started figuring out where this cabin was. And so they would trespass onto there. And I guess one night, a couple, a couple people got way too drunk, started a fire and accidentally burnt it down. Mm. So now when people go there, they take stone from the chimney just to prove that they were there. So that's that's the story I had heard. Gotcha. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, you may be right. I didn't listen. I didn't do any of like the commentary or anything. I did watch a little bit of some of a behind the scenes bit on one of the DVDs, but they didn't get into that that I saw. It was more about like the special effects and stuff. And if I remember correctly, it wasn't, an, it was, I mean, this actually happened not too long ago. So by the time they did the commentary, the place was probably still there. So that they didn't have anything to say about it is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what the report said. I think it was like 2015 or something like that. So it was fairly recently. Not many, 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 many years ago. Just many, many. Yeah. <laughs> just too many for you. <laughs> uh, one thing I did have written down was that uh, the evil dead which came out in 1981 was one of the highest rated video rentals of its year. <laughs> and that just made me giggle because I'm like video rentals going down to the old blockbuster and picking out yeah. family or, you know, movies for the weekend and shit. I was like, ah, oh, memories. And there's a good well, chance. Part of the reason. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no you first. I was just going to say, there's a good chance I may have watched them in high school because we would go down to blockbuster, rent a bunch of, horror movie is good bad ones we'd never heard of just go grab the box and so but then you know not pay attention to them because high school kids yeah what was i gonna say i don't know well the reason so one of the reasons i think it got such high rentals anyway was because it was originally banned i think in the uk and it was at, and sam Raimi was actually brought up on charges uh of uh what was i, I want to remember what the hell the charges were now i didn't write it down but so, uh just like just rude and crude stuff and they wanted to bring him up on he actually had to go to court for this damn so that so i'm i'm sure when word of that got out everybody's like well what's all the hype about so yep. what's the big deal that's what i would imagine yeah because i did read about it uh that there was something with like germany and it not being available in until later black market got popular on the black market so but yeah i did hear that i had read that it was it was banned in a, in a couple of countries which i just think you know you go back and you watch it now and you're just like but why yeah <laughs> it's just so adorable just so adorable oh yeah it was not until july 2016 that the uncut version of the movie was finally redeemed and made legally available in germany there you go 2016 jesus christ we're finally catching up. <laughs> Good job, Germany. Oh, another little note that I have uh, relating to Army of Darkness real quick was that when it was released in Japan, it was released as Captain Supermarket. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I remember hearing about that, too. So in, in the original 81, 
the conditions were so horrible because they said there was no electricity, no, no plumbing or anything. And that's the first thing I thought of when I was watching, when I was watching it the other day. And I was like, wait a minute, this place way out in, in bumfuck Egypt, they, they had electricity, they had running water in the movie. And I'm like, where are they getting this shit? Where is this stuff coming from? I mean, there's no generator talked about. There's no well or anything with a pump. So I was just like, we're functioning bathrooms. Like what the, no, this, this is not right at all. So I was like, where the hell does this shit come from? I don't know if you had the same thought there too. I mean, I had heard, cause I think they did end up, I think I had read that. Yeah. It didn't have water electricity and that they had to kind of quickly wire it. I don't remember reading anything about a generator, but it sounded like it was shit just very quickly slapped together. And then, yeah, I think, I don't remember what I read about bathrooms, but I'm just going to make this up and say there was a bucket. <laughs> well, they're out in the woods, so there's Probably. many trees to poop behind. Well, they had to have had one spot because there were times where they'd have to run through the forest. And I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to run through the latrine True. that somebody makeshiftly made. True. So. It's just like if you get locked in an elevator, you the first thing you need to do is designate your pee spot, your pee corner. That's really the first thing. Uh, yeah. Like, I feel like when the issue arises, then it should be, but I'm not right nope, away. I will be one to be like, all right, which is the pee corner? <laughs> Everyone else will be freaking no, out about no. calling 911 and pushing the help button. I'll be like, no, no, we need to establish a pee corner because I will, I, knowing me, I would instantly need to pee. <laughs> I have a very nervous bladder. <laughs> oh my God. Well, next time, if I'm ever with you, I'll just take the stairs. Good call. <laughs> All right. Well, and on that note. <laughs> yeah, now I kind of forgot where we left off. I, I don't I had, know. Oh, one question and yeah. another question. I'm still I'm still on my Evil Dead 81 notes. There, I, the, the last thing I had was how long was that bridge in the original? Because it didn't look very long. No. Or that deep for that matter. And so when the bridge is out, when they get to the bridge and they're all worried that he can't drive over it, I'm just like, wasn't that long and it wasn't that deep you could just go down the ravine there and if there's a little water you could probably swim across and then yeah you'd have to walk the rest of the way but yeah at least you're mm -hmm. getting the hell out of there but what if that was the evil of the of the woods and they you know because they wouldn't you know they said it won't let us leave it won't let us leave and then it does like some crazy shit to the bridge but yeah you're right it was nothing like what they crossed getting there so what if the woods has control and could change all of that and you know trap them up there because it's alive and then also in the second one because the bridge is out suddenly farmer bob or whoever the fuck that was he's like well there's a trail fucking where <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> but like, then the trail I, yeah. disappeared so that leads me to believe that the evil can change the landscape uh so that it can do its evil but even if that's the case if you, if you knew the general direction just off of any, just like if you knew that you were coming up to like a corner of the, uh, as you were coming in, if you were walking a straight line, if you were coming in like on a corner of the cabin, you could start from there and try to keep walking straight and not use your surroundings knowing that they aren't accurate anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep heading in that same direction as best you can, I feel like eventually you could still get out like that power can't reach 
forever. It has to stop somewhere. Sure. So eventually you could get outside of it. And that's eventually. what I think you can do with the bridge. But see, here's the thing is that, you know, you could keep you could keep on that straight line, but the evil could continue to change the landscape around you. Right. And so essentially you it could make you go in a loop where you wouldn't ever reach the end of its reach and then eventually get out and get all turned around. See, now I don't know if I buy that. Hmm. I mean, that's an interesting point, but I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like eventually you would have to reach its limits, the, the evil, how far, how far the evil can reach, but it never really says. And then the fact that at the end of army of darkness, it reaches into S smart. Is it just cause it's like followed him or is there, is it, has the reach, is the reach growing as it absorbs would... more souls? I think it's more or less it just follows him because, you know, at the end of that, he's like, well, the guy asked him, well, did you just say it right? Well, I got most of it, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, so, you know, it could be that it, it tracks him for sure. breaking the rules of whatever in it. Like there is, there is some, what they, what they say in like, well, in magic, like if you're, if you're going to alter the, uh, the natural order of things, to do one thing then it has to come from someplace else so if you're trying to do something good an evil uh an evil thing would appear in that place so it's like well he's trying to break the rules of of time travel there but in order to do it this is this is the price you also have to pay in it so that power has to come from somewhere sure and i think that's probably what it is is he does it so it tracks him yeah that's my idea of it and that makes and that totally makes sense you know, because it's now tracking him for throughout three movies and a TV series. So, but in order to get out, I don't know. I think with the ever-changing landscape, you you wouldn't be able to. And that, other than manipulating the landscape, I don't know that it could necessarily change it like in a permanent permanent way. Like if I was to walk north, it could it could like move trees around and make me think I'm actually going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming a compass could work in this universe. I don't know because it could alter it. But if you could, I would imagine that you could still go that direction and eventually you would be out of it. Sure. That would, that would make sense. But, but you wouldn't know it necessarily is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. you, but you would have to, like, like I said, disregard your surroundings because they will obviously mess with you. But you just have to keep going in one direction and stay in one direction. Yep. And you should be able to get out. Just follow that North Star to freedom, liberation. And, and I don't know how, yeah. So how high, is it a dome? Is it like a <laughs> wall that goes infinitely up in the sky so that all the stars would just like dance around it, mm. around you and it'd be like, ah, shit. Oh, if you it know? could manipulate, yeah. Ooh, because then you'd be fucked. Right? Yeah. But if you could use the stars to guide yourself out and just go one direction no matter what, yeah, then you could get right. out of it. But, and it's so misty, so fucking misty. Timmy, during the, when we were watching the first one, Timmy's trying to count how many like smoke machines he thought was in, were like in each scene because the amount of smoke and mist rolling out from everywhere was just comical. I mean, that shit was thick. So you take that into, you, you know, you throw that into the mix of a changing landscape. And sure, let's say that evil can manipulate the stars too. Let's say it's like a, not a dome, but like a cylinder kind of thing of yeah. evil. You're fucked. I don't think there'd be any getting out of that then. 
because okay it's, it's smoky you know it's misty and you can't see anything and i think there's in one of the movies one of the actresses starts heading into the woods and then you can see like the smoke machines just start billowing out i mean it's like they had fucking tommy chong sitting off to the side just like hold it hold it now release and it was just like a big old cloud and she's actually i'm thinking it was the actress and not part of like the character but maybe though but just kind of trying to swat away all that smoke because she couldn't see shit. <laughs> well, to answer your question, though, about the fog machines, I don't know how many, but there wasn't that many because they were on an actual swamp, and they said the gases from the swamp created a lot of that. They okay. didn't have a whole lot to do. Jesus, really? And they said that's what kind of made it, they actually said it kind of made it hard to film, too, in some an- in instances because there was too much of it going on. Wow, because it really looked like they blew like a quarter of the budget on smoke machines. And especially when you see like the evil uh, pulling back, you know, and so the, the smoke is going uh, backwards, you know, yeah. shot backwards. Then you can kind of see like, OK, well, there's a smoke machine behind that log because <laughs> that's where it's all rolling back into and stuff like that. So just based off of those shots, we're like, oh, easily six per scene. <laughs> well, I mean, don't but that's interesting. The inside or. Yeah, I mean, when they have to reverse it and stuff, obviously mm-hmm. they need a machine for that. But they said like outside, yeah, they didn't really have to do a whole lot with it. Maybe just have a fan or something and just push the fog that way. Mm. All right. They said it didn't take much. Damn, nature's spooky. But then now that you mentioned that it that it's a cylinder and if it can manipulate the ground and go to the stars, how far down does it go? Is there somebody on the opposite side now that's living in this random goddamn world being like, what the fuck just happened that didn't do anything? Just got home from work, ready to have a beer and, and sit down and play video games. And all of a sudden there's demons. It's like, I didn't read from no book. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Damn it. Not again. With <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, it's the same guy. This happens like every eight months, man. <laughs> Yeah, like the nearest neighbor is just just outside of that that evil barrier. And she's like, fuck again with the murder and the shit. Um, real quick with, you know, we're talking about the sky. So in watching the first one and because maybe we didn't watch like the widescreen version or whatever, but um, every time they showed it was like a nighttime scene, which were a lot of them. And it was like an outdoor shot and the moon was there. I don't know about you, but ours you could tell it was like a, basically a copy and paste, like a terrible photo shot. So someone took a, a photo of the moon and did like a square cut and then pasted it into the scene because the blacks didn't match from mm-hmm. around what was around the cabin to what was around the moon. And at first we're like, God, that does look really silly. And in one shot, it's straight up a square and we could not fucking stop laughing. It's just like, that is like, I think my Photoshop <laughs> copy paste skills are just a smidge bit better than that. We're like, you couldn't even like digitally enhance or, or fix that or just left it and added, you know, add to the overall movie and what well, how we know and love money, it. You know, yeah. they ran out of money twice, yeah. I think. They had to stop production in the middle at least I know for sure once, but if not twice. Yeah. So, yeah, I know for once, maybe. But, uh, you know, I, a lot of things that I read gave a lot of credit to uh, Stephen King for liking the original uh, movie and script. And his glowing kind of review of it is what helped Sam and Bruce get the money to do the second one. 
to get exactly, get yeah. more investors. So thank you, Stephen King, <laughs> for allowing yes. these movies to be made so we could enjoy them. Well, wasn't it also Wes Craven as well, too, that that chipped in? Because I think so what I know that Sam Raimi was a fan of his and he had actually had a little Easter egg in the mm-hmm. first one with the poster of Hills Have Eyes. Yes. To pay kind of homage to Wes Craven. And I think that kind of helped him get more money out of out of I don't know. If, I, I don't know that for sure. But yeah. And then so to help out um, Sam Raimi again, he bought some sort of licensing rights for evil dead because that's what nancy watches in the original nightmare on elm street yep that's playing on the tv yep and so now to thank now to thank Wes craven again in evil dead 2 they hang freddy's glove in two separate areas which i continuity i have a problem with but they use it twice so yeah, because I remember, I definitely remember seeing it above like the work shed door when he enters it. Uh, that the, was the first time. That was, and that was in the second one? Or yes. was that still the, okay. No, that was the second one. Yes, because that's right. You said Hills Have Eyes, what, that was the little Easter egg in the first one. So where was it again? Because I only remember seeing it, but I knew to look for it there. I didn't know that it yeah. popped up anywhere else. That's that's the famous one that everybody because it's really it's it, I shouldn't say it's really clear, but if if you're not paying attention, you will miss it. But it's the easiest spot because it's on top of the door and they actually have a pretty good shot of it. Mm-hmm. The second one, and I forget exactly when it is in the movie, but I think it's when Bruce Campbell is downstairs and he finds out that the mother was buried in the cellar and he oh. goes to open that door. Okay. And then it's right there on the left. It's if you blink, you might miss it. It, it was, but it was there. It was, it was kind of hidden behind another pillar or pipe, but you could see it, but it wasn't clear, clear like the first shot. So it was there, but that's another thing because it's in that first shot. And then as he gets closer, it's no longer there, which pissed me off. It's like, where the hell did it go? <laughs> so The evil took it <laughs> yeah. like, Hey, new hand. But that's what I want to know is who moved it from the from the workshop to the cellar now? I don't know. I'm just saying the evil <laughs> in, in supernaturally movies. It's things don't make sense. OK, the evil did it. The demons did it. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy all that. Yeah, I know. I know. I, how, how did you miss? I've never seen the movie, but what's the lead character from Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, uh, Jack Skeleton. Jack Skeleton. It was nice to see him make an appearance and dancing in, at the beginning of <laughs> Evil Dead 2. That was, I thought, did, did that not, because rem- I remember him dancing around in the trailers and stuff. So it's like, that's exactly what that reminded me of, that mm-hmm. that when her corpse comes back. And, and I don't know, that stop motion just did not look good at all. Like mm-hmm. everything else, I, I'll, I'll give it its due. It looked all right, but that was just, ugh. Yeah, I enjoy, again, another set of movies where the practical effects were much better than the special effects, especially special effects of the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, that the stop. Well, yeah. And even the stop motion in the first one wasn't all that great because I I don't know what it was coming out of the guy's arm. Was it grits? Was it, I don't know, cream (laughs) corn? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they didn't even put like any red in it to make it, you know, Mm -hmm. like look something it just looked like somebody spilt their lunch and it came out his sleeve i don't know and then i had read that uh with 
the blood for like the first two movies, they really had to kind of watch like not just how much, but like what color it was because too much red blood then would bump it to like a NC-17 or or something, you know, and they and granted, this was still all before truly the rating systems that we know now. It was a matter of just still having a lot of blood, but kind of changing the color so they wouldn't get slammed with like an X rating or anything like that. So that's why we see black blood. That's why they used they mixed milk in with a lot of stuff, too. So it's kind of a lighter shade. So they talked about it in one of the kind of behind the scenes things of the special effects that I watched, I think on the second for the second movie that they had to kind of get creative and that even in the second one in the scene where Ash chainsaws his hand off, you know, we see the blood splatter on his face, but they they said that that wasn't, they had changed the color just slightly. So it wasn't like a true quote, like blood color. I think it was like a little more, I think it was like a little brighter or something, but that's why. Yeah. I think that's why in the first two they get, it's not all just like red blood. Like we would see, like we even saw in the remake. Hmm. I didn't hear that, but that, that, I guess I could see, I could, I guess I could see that being a thing, but the tint of the blood really being like the thing that sends the movie critics over or the movie reviewer. I don't know what you call them. Mm -hmm. Jackasses. I don't know. (laughs) I'll call them that because just whatever. Just let me watch a movie that's gory and stupid. All right. Can I just do that? I don't care what it's rated. I'm old enough. I don't care. But, um, what was I? How did, how did, okay. So, He's rubbing his face like he's just like, oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, we we haven't even started. We haven't gotten to the end of Evil Dead 2 because that's where I'm going to really, really just (laughs) lose my shit. All right. But what I don't understand is so they changed they changed the gun from a single shot um, shotgun, Mm -hmm. single barrel to a two double barreled shotgun, which I guess okay but he turns it into a short barrel shotgun by using a chainsaw with a chainsaw blade used for wood mm-hmm. which would not have even remotely put a dent in that goddamn shotgun barrel period <laughs> that that i just oh my god people please. i love the things that you are picking out that are driving you nuts in this movie in these and not and not only that (laughs) like i get why people saw have short barreled shotguns because if you're in a if you're in close combat and what i mean by close combat indoors because you don't want the barrel to be super long so you can get around doorways and hallways and stuff like that and it it's harder for like if you were to come around a doorway a guy could grab the end of it and push it away Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't even know it so the short barrel is there to help give you the edge as well too but it also reduces muzzle velocity which is where the impact comes in from the from the uh the shell or not the shells but the uh, no, i'm forgetting what the hell they're called the pellets that are actually inside the shotgun shell so they don't have enough velocity to do some of the things that they do unless it's extremely close so i don't know why necessarily he did that like i feel like if you're trying to get the hell out of there like if you're just staying in the cabin i get it but if you're trying to get out or trying to get out of there, you're going to want that muzzle velocity. So, <laughs> uh, I think he did it because it looks cool, because yeah. it's groovy, baby. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> 
and the chainsaw. I get you want to put a chainsaw hand on him, but the problem is, is if you put a chainsaw hand on him, he has to still use two hands no matter what. Cause so he puts it on. So he's okay. So he's got it on his hand. Mm -hmm. Fine. I don't think the weight works out. I think it feel, I feel like it would just fall right off of the end of his hand. Cause there's too much weight on the front end of it mm -hmm. that he wouldn't be able to balance it out. So there's that issue. But then the other issue is normally with the hand that he had it on, there's a throttle there that gives it gas to cut or just idles. And so he's always, he's always doing everything one-handed. He's, he doesn't have a way to get that throttle going with, with his nub. So where <laughs> I don't understand how that works. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me. I don't understand. So you mentioned that. And it's funny because <laughs> I remember kind of thinking the same thing in that how is he like revving it with not like with just a bandaged nub? You haven't attached any of the uh, like tendons or anything, <laughs> you know, where yeah. he can then control it. So for that split second, I was just like, huh, how's he doing that? That's fun. And then just kept on. I just, I, I see what you're saying, but I guess because it's the Evil Dead movies and I'm just kind of used to them, I'm just like, eh, it's fine. I don't, I'm, oh God, he's shaking his head at me. He's so mad. Well, he never gasses it up. So apparently he's got infinite yeah. ammo for gas Yep. and infinite, infinite shotgun ammo, which I'm going to get into in army of darkness as well, too. Oh my God. Yes. But not, it's not even, uh, it's not even that, but okay. The mower has been sitting there or the mower, the, the chainsaw has been sitting there for, I'm, I, I don't think they actually mention how long it's been mm -mm. since that, since the, the couple died before they got there. I guarantee you, unless that thing was just fixed, it is never starting on one goddamn pull mm -mm. ever or that easy. No. So I, I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't realistic yeah, this is, at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> And I get it, it's supposed to be stupid, funny and all that. But there are times where I'm just like, you, you guys ever use a chainsaw? You guys know how these work? Like, yeah, you just you're not able to just to suspend your disbelief for those moments. I get that. I understand. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, eh, it's fine. It's evil dead. That's just pretty much what I chalk it up to. I'm just like Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. No need to look beyond the surface. <laughs> And, and the only other thing I, I kind of want to hit on, because the only thing I can kind of really think of is how did, how did you feel about the whole, his hand being possessed anyway? Like the whole, where he's in the kitchen and the hands possessed and starts beating him down with, with plates and stuff like that. And So I love, okay. I loved those scenes. I love the scenes where it's just Bruce Campbell, you know, fighting the hand or fighting the head that's biting his hand. And just the physical comedy and him just acting and being him in Ash. Those were a lot of fun to watch. I thought it was really great and very comical, especially when the hand was stuck or the head was stuck to his hand. <laughs> He's just, he has like no control. It's seriously just kicking his ass. And he's just like bashing it against the walls and everything. And it was hilarious. But the, like I said, the physicality of it and him acting like this thing's really troublesome and it's given him a hard time. 
I thought he did a really good fucking job. That was a lot of fun to watch. And then I read that he he pretty much just like ad libbed all of that physical uh, acting and that Sam Raimi loved it so much that that's what was kept. And that's what was used was that first take. Plus, I imagine having to reset the kitchen probably would have been a pain in the ass. But yeah, (laughs) so I I loved it. I thought it was a, a nice mix of funny funny physical comedy kind of that slapstick uh humor that i guess sam raimi's a big fan of huge fan of like the three stooges so you get a you definitely get a lot more of that within uh the second one and and in in army of darkness a bit too but i think it really comes through in evil dead too so it's it was appreciated and it was like i said that nice mix of slapstick humor physical comedy and with a touch of scary what about you i can agree with that I, I thought it was I thought it was entertaining quite a bit. I, I also yeah, that they pretty much had to do it in one take, and the fact that he did all of his own stunts too to do it. So, I, I thought that was pretty interesting too, because there's no way when that hand flips him over, I <laughs> I didn't want to kill him myself. I don't know about you, but that 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 just wouldn't happen with me. I couldn't have ever done anything like that. So. Mm-mm. No, I just I kind of laughed because then it just reminded me of uh, the scene in Liar Liar where he's kicking his own ass in the bathroom. And so it's just like, do you mind? I'm kicking my own ass. <laughs> so um, I don't have that much more on the first two Evil Deads. Uh, the right, only well, other do you want to. I was just going to say oh, the okay. only other notes that I have for like the first Evil Dead uh, was Ash has a hard time against bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And um, in watching the first one, I couldn't help but think like, I bet this this sounded and looked like like on paper, an amazing horror movie on paper. So if you take everything we saw, but put in it just in the written form, I think that legit would have been terrifying. But then we got what we got. And I think that's maybe even a little better. I can agree with that. We kind of went through the story. So it's if it's the first one, five friends in a cabin get all of them get possessed by demons. If it's if it's the second one, just his girlfriend gets possessed. He's stuck there. Story, story, story about the original owners. Was it granddaughter or something like that? Has extra pages to the Necronomicon and wants to go visit her dad, grandpappy, great uncle. I think it was, I think it was her parents, but I also don't think it's super duper important. (laughs) No, I think you are right now that you mentioned, I think it was parents because the, the lady in the cellar starts singing to her. And that was the song that her mom used to sing. So, and uh, you know, those, and there's four of them because it's the, the daughter and I assume her producer slash boyfriend or something like that. Like he's got two roles, one, like he's a boyfriend, but he's also, he does something else with her like professionally. So, and then the, t- and then the two rednecks that are, which I got to tell you, a girl that chews tobacco. Yeah. That was hot. <laughs> that Bobby Joe. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Joe. <laughs> and you know, they, and they, and they get possessed as well. And it, it's pretty much a, it's now that I think about it, it, it almost seems like it's a reboot of the original already. Mm. Yeah. Like there's, it's, it's literally the exact same movie, just, just with some different characters is all, mm-hmm. but then I'll have you 
set up the end to Evil Dead 2. What happens at the end? Uh, and how, they, how they sort of finish the movie in the oh cabin. God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it took me a second to try and remember. So that's within these new pages that the daughter of the first old guy, whatever. I don't remember her name. We'll call her Linda too. Sure. Six, whatever. But within, so within these pages is the secret to defeating the evil. And so first you have to recite a passage and that uh, puts the evil in a physical form. And then you recite another passage that opens a portal and you can shoot the thing back in time. So she's got the pages. She eventually starts reading them because, so she reads the first first set and it turns the uh, evil into like that big doorway monster or whatever the fuck it was. And it's like fucking everything up and winds blowing and everything. And then, cause like at this point we already know what needs to be done, but this bitch tells us again, <laughs> the first passage I've only read and that's what it does. And it's like, Ash is like, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Get on with it. And it's like, yeah, like Timmy and I are like, we fucking know, read it. <laughs> And then she's like, and I need to read the second passage and all this shit's going like flying around because then that'll open the door. Yes, we know. Do it, bitch. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the preamble. We got it. Yes. So she could have done it already. No shit. She could have done it like three times by that point. So she she gets she eventually gets the second passage out and uh, Ash and the car are both sucked into the uh time travel vortex and then he's dropped in medieval times and they're about to like haul him away but then like a flying deadite comes down and grabs his sawed off shotgun and blasts it in the in its face and whatever and then i think like they were like woohoo he's a he's a hero or something but then we go into army of darkness we get that kind of cold open previously on type recap but it's also opening with him being as uh, like all chained up and he's like this wasn't how my life started and i used to work at smart which is an actual grocery chain based out of mexico so that was really? a fun, fun fun fact yep i didn't bother to, i just assumed it was made up i, I did too but i was like is there an smart can i go and <laughs> shop smart somewhere and i was like south of the border so that <laughs> they have a website like, does it say it on the web- website too? Uh, shop smart, shop, <laughs> shop S smart. Like, I wondered if it said that on the webpage or something like that. So, I mean, if it doesn't talk about your missed opportunities. I know, right? Yep. So, but yeah, so that's how Evil Dead 2 ends. I think I got the gist of that. And then we open up yeah. with Army of Darkness and he's all chained up being led away by, was it like King Arthur and his people? They don't say, I don't think he's king, but okay. Yeah, they, and I know, I don't know if they refer to him as Lord or anything. Is I don't know what his title is, but yes, his name's Arthur and the rival guy is Henry. Okay. Yes. The, the two, the two feuding, I guess we can call them kings. What the hell? Sure. But yeah, so he's being dragged away and he retells the story of how he and Linda both worked at Smart. Yep. And, and then go to this cabin and everything goes to shit and gets sucked in and then kind of just picks up about there. Like they did they address the the end of Evil Dead 2 where he shoots the 
Flying Deadite? I don't think so. The only thing I know that was different is they reshot when he cuts off his hand. They actually reshot that because there isn't any blood in that one. Or at oh. least if there is, it's very little. It's not as much. And they reshot that because they were trying to get the PG-13 rating, mm. which they wound up not getting anyway. So then they wound up doing a bunch of other things. But that wasn't one of the ones they wound up reshooting at the end. They just left that one as it is. So that was the only real difference in, in that as far as I saw. Well, that in the, like you had mentioned, the whole, yeah, at the, at the end of the second one, Sam Raimi is the knight that's going, you know, our hero, our hero. That's actually him that's doing that. And yeah, and then it starts with Army of Darkness where he's in the shackles because he was thought to be a part of King Henry. Or we'll just call him King. King yeah. Henry's, I don't know what the army or whatever. Yeah. Another continuity goddamn problem like you just ended this oh my god people you just <laughs> ended this goddamn movie with him being the revered hero and now all of a sudden yeah we're not gonna do that we're just gonna make this even more difficult for him mm-hmm. whatever do you think at some point you know with all these continuity errors and issues like at one point they're just like yeah we know we don't care we're gonna do it on purpose because maybe that's god. the continuity is the lack of continuity <laughs> god damn it i i well, if they wanted to get a rise out of me at work, I'll put it that way. Um, but if that is what they were trying to do, those guys can go fuck themselves. All right, that, that's just not fair. You don't get to do that. No, you don't get to do that. Because you'd be pissed off if I had a trilogy and it'd be like, wait, none of these add up. None of, yeah. none of this crap adds up from the previous one at all. It's kind of wondering how, how you were doing with the uh, continuity, the shifting from each movie to movie and the, the changes and that were that were done i was like i wonder if his head's exploded yet <laughs> they might as well just went back in the prehistoric era and fought dinosaurs at this point for all i care oh my god that would have been so cool if ash was riding like a t-rex <laughs> with his chainsaw <laughs> could you imagine a deadite taking over a triceratops hollywood make this movie <laughs> yes please this is the remake we want <laughs> yeah the remake we want all right or you it- just go back further in time oh And okay, so let me get this straight. If I want to get rid of, uh, like, if I got trash day coming up, but I don't want to wait till trash day, it's okay for me to just throw my garbage on my neighbor's lawn, right? That's okay. Well, apparently, that's what you can do in this movie because hey, we got a bunch of deadites, send them back in time. Somebody else's goddamn fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Problem. You know what the. There is not a problem. <laughs> I did like, like in the second one where I think it was the lost pages, and we see that little drawing, that little kind of uh Easter egg to Army of Darkness of a man in a blue shirt. He's got some weird cumbersome hand, looks chainsawy, uh, surrounded in like a medieval time. Did you catch that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. I definitely caught that. Yeah, because then, you know, they're like, she was like, oh, he went back and he, you know, fought the evil or whatever and defeated it. And Ash makes some comment of like, he did a shitty job. (laughs) And therein lies my problem with time travel. I, as a rule, I, I don't think time travel is even a possibility. Because in order for somebody to go back in time to change the future, it would have Either time, if either if time travel is possible, either it's already happened and it can't happen again, or it can never happen again. 
Fair enough. Because I, I don't think that you can, because if you just keep going back in time, there is no way to know that you ever did anything. I would imagine. Well, it's kind of like back to the future. The only one, the second one, the only one that's aware of the changes are Marty and Doc Brown, because that's their timeline. Their established timeline is that they were always supposed to go back and forth from the future, blah, blah, blah. Right. So. Fuck, where was I going with this? I don't understand time travel, obviously, but I love it. But I get really I will eventually like just now it doesn't take long. Uh, talk myself into confusion and into confused silence. <laughs> but yeah, it it's a hard it's a hard thing to suss out. But I've actually gone in long conversations about this because I'll, I'll go ahead and finish. Or do you not? Or do you forget your point then? I kind of. I mean, I I love it when they throw. I I, I won't say I love it. I don't always love it because sometimes it's just kind of silly, dumb, tropey, cliche. But for the most part. I think I don't mind the time travel. I think it can be a lot of fun, but it does raise all those questions of, well, what happened to that timeline that that person just came from? It's kind of like an end game, right? When did you see the oh. Avengers end game? Yeah, Steve- I didn't. I, I lost once they said time travel, I damn near walked out. But my wife was like, well, we already paid the 20 some bucks. So and I was like, fine, whatever. So when, so at the end, when Steve, when Captain America goes back to return all the uh, infinity stones and then decides to live out a life with Peggy and grow old and have a family, well then, so his timeline was that, was what we saw through the Avengers and then he goes back. So that's all, all established, but then he goes back and he creates like this new timeline. See where now, Peggy's family that she has after Captain America is frozen and everything ceases to exist. She doesn't get married and move on with her life. She doesn't end up having like a niece that smoochy smoochies on Captain America in one of the other movies, which is fucking gross and weird. So it's like, now what happened? You know what I mean? It's like, so you've just wiped out one timeline, but it's like your continuity remains the same, even though in the original Marvel timeline, (laughs) See, now I'm starting to get, now I'm starting to confuse myself. So please tell me you understand what the fuck I'm saying. (laughs) I I, I do. I do because, so I always use the example. I say, let's say somebody went back in time, like whatever year from now, uh, year two XXX, and they invent time travel and they come back for whatever reason, somewhere in your life, 10 years ago. So they travel back to 2011 and they do something that would change your life completely. Like maybe a different job, maybe a different husband, maybe no family, maybe, maybe uh, something else tragic. They kill your parents accidentally by landing on them with the, with the time machine, who knows, (laughs) but because that affects you, your life would now change. Right? So that timeline would be intact. Now, let's say somebody does that before and does something that changes something in the future, but it changes what you did. So you're already dead at this point. How would you, would, granted, I don't think you can, when you're dead, you're dead, 
but how would your experiences change if you're already dead then? But your timeline would be different, but you would have had no memory of it being that way, period. So like one of the examples I would use is, let's say I was a, 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 a veteran and I got buried in my, and I got buried in my, in my class A's. And, but something happened, somebody went back in the past to change something I did. So I'm no longer a veteran. I'm just buried in a tux. Would that tux, would the, would the physical thing that I'm buried in, would that change then too? Or does that stay the same? Do my experiences change because I'm still dead? Like, I don't understand how that would work. If it's enough to change that you are no longer a vet and you're buried in a suit, I, I think, yes, the suit could change. And even though we're still like, it's all happened and you're still dead, everything leading up to your death, other than becoming, you know, including not becoming a vet has changed. So your life experiences has changed, but it's. But you would have no recollection of it or wouldn't have period. Well, I think that's up for because one could say like, okay, so you're back and now this, you know, you're still dead or whatever, but you have no recollection of that new life. Well, that's not necessarily true. You would have to assume that the life was still lived and everything else kind of played out as it should, except for maybe some of these other differences and then your eventual death. Now, maybe your cause of death is different. Maybe when you died has, is, is different, but if we're still talking back, we're leaping back into like the future, into a future point where you're still dead, you're still dead, but your life has changed. And those experiences has changed. And what you're buried in has changed is what I think. What if let's say, uh, let's say you die in the year. Uh, well, let's say, let's just say you die this year for some tragic reason. And let's say somebody, uh, 10 years, let's say we, we can figure out time travel in 10 years, comes back, does something that alters that your tragic accident doesn't happen, but then you would live an extra 30 more years. So now you would be back to their timeline and then be alive having already been dead. So they wouldn't need to necessarily go back in time and do it, but they still kind of have to, because that's, that's the cycle of things. That's their timeline. But would you have died then? And would you have any recollection of it? Because now all they've really done is change the fact that you've act, that now that you've just died. I don't think, uh, I don't think the people around the time traveler have any idea of, of the changes that happens. Only the person going back and forth in time knows. And I'm basing this strictly off of the flash and flashpoint. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> because he goes back and he changes shit. But then when he, when time catches up to quote present day, there's all like no one else around him is, has realized what has changed. And again, this, you know, aside from the fractures and everything and breaking the timeline, things are like he, only he realizes that this couple now have. A, a daughter instead of a son or some whatever that change was because that did happen to a set of characters so no one else around him and even if he were to let them know this is what happened sure they'll believe him because you know they're team flash and they're just like god damn it barry allen the fuck did you do they would believe it but they wouldn't be aware of that life in that other timeline and quote the original timeline 
And so then even if he goes, when he goes back and he fixes everything, the people around him aren't aware of all the changes, the back and forth changes that were made. They're aware of the changes only because Flash told them. But what if, other than Flash, because I don't know how that would necessarily work, <laughs> but let's say the time traveler did something to alter their reality, alter their future, like, like they knew so-and-so had a winning lottery ticket, so they go back in time, swap out the, a lottery ticket that he had, you know, maybe he puts mm -hmm. it in a safe spot that only he would know and swaps it out for the winning one. And so when that, when that timeline changes, would he, would the person, because he's going to have all this money that would change directly his timeline. Mm -hmm. And well, apparently two people's at least because now the other person doesn't have theirs. Mm -hmm. So, but would he have it or would that person have any recollection of that then? Because now they've altered that timeline pretty significantly. It's hard to say because in Dr. Who, <laughs> Oh there, my gosh. <laughs> All right, go, on, go for it. There are according according to the doctor, there are fixed points in history that you do not fuck with. You can go back and, and or do not. You do not. Okay. That, it's just a rule. You do not go back and so there's an episode where they go back and it's volcano day in Pompeii. And as much as his companion is trying to be like, we need to save them, we need to warn the people, the doctor refuses because it is a fixed point in history. These events need to happen. Now Based on Doctor Who rules, you don't go back and you don't fuck with your own timeline. So he never goes. I should not say never, but one of the big rules is not to go back and fuck with your own timeline, not to interfere in anything. If he runs into a past incarnation of version. himself, version of himself. OK, and he can't let. So if he goes back in time and he runs into an older version or a younger version of the doctor, he can't let that one know that he is a future version. He can help and still allow the events to play out as it needs, as they need to, and maybe make small changes like, oh, he didn't have a screwdriver or something, or he, the, the past doctor lost the, his sonic screwdriver, but future doctor somehow has something that is helpful to still achieve that goal. Nothing is done that will make any major ripples to make any big changes and definitely nothing to change the doctor's timeline. So if you, if you base it off of the rules that you shouldn't, you don't and you really can't fuck with your own timeline, then that is a golden rule that you just don't do that. Now, granted, you know, you're going to have your villains and stuff that are going to go back and fuck with the timelines and go back purposely to find them their past selves to maybe team up against a common enemy. But that's why they're the baddies, because they break the rules. And then, you know, blah, blah, paradoxes and yada, yada, end of time and shit needs to be fixed eventually. So. I love talking about time travel, but like I said, I, I can, I will talk myself into a silent, confused state, but it's, but I think it's because my brain is trying to wrap itself around the concept as a whole. And so you talk, we talk about going back and changing timelines and whether it's for yourself or the people around you and how that can tangent off into a new timeline. And then you've got all these other variable variant timelines and then eventually you got to wait for fucking Dr. Strange to come along and fix it all. But it's still a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I was thinking, and when I mentioned earlier that time travel either already had to have happened, there's another, I saw this on a Twilight episode, and this is the only way time travel would ever make sense to me. And that is 
even if you tried to stop whatever was going to happen or not happen, you couldn't change it no matter what. You could be there to try, but nothing, something else would prevent you from doing whatever it is you are going to instigate or not instigate, fix or not fix or whatever. And one of the, one of the things, and I know this is kind of like a weird thing, and the Twilight episode I'm talking about in particular, there's a scene where the guy goes back to where Lincoln was assassinated or dressed before. And he's, he's in the, he's in the area. He's, he's, he's close to the, he's close to the uh, theater and he runs to the police and he's in there. He's like, you gotta, you gotta go in there and protect the president. You know, you, you gotta go in there and protect him. He's going to be shot. He's going to be shot. And they just stand around looking at him like he's crazy, lock him up for being crazy. And then all of a sudden they, they hear that the president's now been shot and they, and they wonder how, and they think he's part of it. And it turns out that his name was John. And so they thought it was him. So you already got the history of it cannot be changed. Mm -hmm. See, again, that would be a fixed point in history that you shouldn't fuck with. And that perhaps, you know, I, the last, one of the last times we recorded, we talked about like fate and destiny and whatever. And it's like, maybe that's just one of those things that no matter how you may try to intervene and stop it from happening, it's, it's fated to happen. It's destined to happen no matter what. So whether you try and pop in and do this or that, okay, well now you're the one that shot Lincoln. Very interesting. This was, this was a good little tangent. Yeah. This was, I enjoyed it. We definitely should do like some time travel shit and then get real deep into it because (laughs) God, if we did like Bill and Ted or something, (laughs) don't get me started on that. Ah! Okay. That one, I, great, great movies. I don't know. The third one got shit on, but I, I still kind of like it. It was exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't in there looking for like the greatest comedy or greatest story. It was exactly what I wanted out of it. But, the, but yeah, for my biggest thing, when you add time travel, it, it just it just raises too many questions that nothing that never get answered. And then they're just like, hey, we can do whatever we want. We already got your money. You can walk out and leave now. Sure. So that's so my little. Yeah. So that's my that was my that's always going to be my pet peeve in any movie that we that I watch is if once there's time travel, unless it's got like one of my absolute favorite actors or it's a concept that I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll play around with you. Otherwise I'm just turning you off. Just, I'm just, I'm just not doing that. That's not what the time travel to me is an impossibility. So, Uh, and and for anybody to try to justify it every time they try, I keep asking questions and they're like, well, if you keep questioning, it's not going to make sense. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. Well, and also they shouldn't be expected to be able to answer every single one of your fucking questions if they're not (laughs) scientists, like quantum physics, you know, like super smart science people. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not, I mean, I used to be a microbiologist for eight years, so that's, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm way smarter than anybody else, but it's like, if you want me to buy into this, come on, answer my questions here. Cause these are some legit questions you would have to deal with when it comes to time travel. All right. Oh, uh, what stuff. movie were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, time cop. I got time cop right. on mine. Well, so on time cop, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but when he does the whole, okay, I'm not doing that. 
All right. Do you have any more shit to throw on top of uh, Army of Darkness? Other than the fact that it just seems way, way out of place. It, it, I felt like it should have been it's just its own movie. And for them to have this in the Evil Dead series, not only that, this Army of Darkness was supposed to be the script for the second one originally. So what the hell happened there? I don't understand. I don't know. Since, since this was kind of the original plan for the second one, it just really makes me wonder what, Sam always really had in mind with telling the story. You know what I mean? If we'd have gotten an army of darkness, a movie sooner, and then say we got a third movie, what would that third movie had been have been? Yeah. Well, from what I understand, they were just going to flip flop them. And I don't, hmm. so the way they ended the first one gave you, would have given you no idea that he was going to travel back to the year 1300 mm-hmm. AD. It would have given you absolutely nothing. At least, even, even if they didn't do the whole thing at the end of Evil Dead 2 where he's actually in, if they'd have just had him go in the, in the vortex, at least you would have known it was some sort of time thing and he was going somewhere, but you wouldn't have maybe mm-hmm. known where. So at least you would have had that going into it. But yeah, I, I, I mean, for a guy who's is, I mean... I love a lot of his stuff. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy directed Dark Man, one of oh, my that's favorite right. action movies. You know how how this how this whole Evil Dead series just wound up being such a goddamn mess. <laughs> I I I, oh. I mean, I agree. Anyway, do, I was I, anyway. I was just gonna say, do your do your synopsis of Army of Darkness while I reboot <laughs> myself here, like kind of go through the story a little bit. Well, for me. Or whatever you want to say. So for me, like, you know, like I had said earlier, Army of Darkness was never like my top out of the first three. But in rewatching it, I'm like, oh, yes, I remember, you know, we got some of the one liners and there's, you know, a bit more story and a lot more action and stuff. So certain things I was kind of like, all right, that's kind of fun. I'll allow it. But again, to be part of the Evil Dead trilogy, because it's more action and, and adventure than horror. I agree. Doesn't really seem to fit. And it's kind of its own like standalone. I feel like within the whole evil dead universe, maybe that's what he was going for. Cause that's how it comes across. Well, I, I feel like it's a lot of some of like a lot of these other movies we've been watching now. It's like, if it, if it, if it wasn't a part of the series, evil dead, like we talked about it with Friday the 13th, the, the, the remake with Friday the 13th. Like if it had its own name and wasn't tied to anything, it probably would have been better than what, what, it, what it was. Mm-hmm. But because it had these expectations and all that, it, it just, to me, fell flat. I could see that. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more this, this time around. And, you know, because like I said, Timmy kind of gave me a little shit for not liking it as much not having it as my favorite but i would maintain that it's still it's my it's my second like i like the second one for me the first three it's the second one army and then the original in my order of like which ones i like the most because army it's just there's times where it's just too cheesy and too campy where i'm like i don't know there was it's always whenever like the the skeletons are marching like when they're rising Anytime they show the actual army, I'm just like, oh my God, just not, 
impressed and just kind of like, ugh. for me, it still kind of falls flat in some, in some areas, well, but in the other, and with them trying to do the, um, to get a PG or PG 13 rating, that was why they actually wound up using skeletons as, as the army. Cause there wouldn't be as much, there wouldn't be hardly any blood then. So they could get away with that kind of violence. Cause it wouldn't be on a humanoid necessarily. So that's where they, that's, I think kind of where that came in. Because the other thing I found out too is they had to reshoot the ending of Army of Darkness because the studio felt that there weren't enough deadites in it to justify the evil dead name. And huh. so they wound up reshooting it just to throw another one in. Because you, you know what the original ending was, right? Because what is it? He goes, doesn't he get sent in time again? Sort of. He takes like a sleeping potion and then it's supposed at when he awakes, it's supposed to put him. I don't know how they measured that out, like exactly where he's supposed to be, but it's supposed to put him right or pretty close within his time frame. So he's supposed to sleep for that time. Yes, that's right. Okay. So, so in the DVD that I had, it did have the alternate ending and yes, he slept and then he woke up and he slept too long. <laughs> that's right that's right i do remember that part now what do you think of that ending compared to the one we got i think i like the reshoot only because it brought us ash versus evil dead like i don't know well you know like they fucking care about continuity anyway (laughs) i was gonna be like how the hell do you get him back into into his time from that mess up at the end of army of darkness. So at least this way he's there and the story can make some goddamn sense when they go from army of darkness to Ash versus evil dead. But like I said, what the fuck do they care about continuity? It's yeah. <laughs> the only other thing though, is if it would have taken place in that year, Ash versus evil dead. Now that could have been pretty goddamn cool. Cause now all bets are off. Now you can literally do what you want. Mm-hmm. Make up the stories you go along for all I care because is there, you didn't def, you didn't say how far in the future he is. You didn't say where he was, what happened to the world, even though it looked like a barren wasteland. But you could, you know, maybe it's just where he was and he walks. I don't know. Well, they'll just do it five miles down the road and it's all whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. But the, the the reshoot ending, I at least at least it gave me some continuity between Army of Darkness and Ash versus Evil Dead because it it pretty I shouldn't say it picks up right where army of darkness left off but at least it's pretty close Mm -hmm. it's a lot closer than the other two endings from evil dead and evil dead 2 trying to get into the next movie it's like you guys screwed this up way too bad (laughs) oh yeah i definitely need to go back and get back into excuse me ash versus evil dead because that was a that was the first the episodes i saw were great and very 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 evil deady Yes, it really, it really, yeah, I, I know we're trying to, yeah, we've been doing this now for what, an hour and a half now? We're not even, we're, we haven't even gotten to the remake yet. Yeah, well, let's, so, well, let's get on to the remake. What do you think? Uh, overall of the remake? Yeah. I was really surprised at how well this was done. I, I know you kind of talked it up because you had mentioned it and I was like, I didn't even know they had a remake. And you said, yeah, it was pretty good. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'm excited about it. Yeah, this this was a really goddamn good remake. I completely agree. I like that. Uh, it w- we'll, we'll do the 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I will do the rankings at the yes. end, but over I put it exactly, but you go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that um, this one, the, the remake, in my opinion, I think is an, if anything else, if nothing else, it is an amazing visual love letter to the Evil Dead movies and to Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. They've got a lot of, you know, little throwbacks, homages to a lot of the original movies. I mean, from Mia's red dress at the end, you know, when her brother tries to bury her alive to get rid of the deadite and everything, he puts her in uh, a red dress, very similar to the, uh, what was her name? In Army of Darkness. And at the end, she's in a big red, poofy, flowy dress. Uh, Sheila, I believe. Sheila. The love interest. Yes. And then the, oh yeah, first you want to kill me, then you want to kiss me. Blow off. <laughs> so yeah, real quick, yeah. you do realize that not only was there three different Lindas, but then he also wound up having a fourth love interest. So I just thought that was like, what, whatever. Right? And it's like, okay, so assuming these all are taking place within a couple of days, right? The, the events from the first one to getting to the beginning of army of darkness you sure got over linda fast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> should have gave her the stupid pendant oh shit <laughs> but yeah and I'm then, sorry anyway but then you know pulling some of the audio from the original movies and incorporating it with like the sounds of like the demons and stuff like that uh the quick shot you know or the use of chainsaw the shotgun cutting off a hand or arm and Mia versus evil decayed Mia, just, just a lot of those little things. And even there's one point, what was it? Like the brother, there's some sort of like an assembly little montage that was very reminiscent of how like, like the building montages in like the evil dead to an army of darkness, you know, when he's getting the building the hand or getting the chainsaw, it's like grabbing the materials, putting it over here, strapping this, locking that. Oh yeah. He's making that makeshift defibrillator, right? Is that, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. In in the remake. Yeah. So there's, so he's grabbing all these things and granted it's not done to the same uh, like caliber as evil dead Two and army of darkness in those little montages. But I thought that was, it was done just enough where you could pick up on it and And that's what I like about that's one of the many things I like about the remake is all these little nods. They're not super duper obvious where you're just like, but they're obvious enough. And I think they're sprinkled throughout the movie enough where it's just kind of fun, makes it fun to kind of look for them. Uh, Because there is like a necklace that Mia has and that she does go to, I think, pick up. And but when it's laying on the ground, it's in that skull shape, like Linda's necklace in the first two movies. I was wondering if you picked up on that too, that the shape that the, the, the neck part, I don't know what do you call the, the chain, the neck, the chain. Thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know shit about jewelry. Neck I mean, part. neck part. Well, I can't call it a necklace because the necklace would also signify the, 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 the thing on yeah. it. So I was like, well, what do you just call it? Neck part. Yeah. <laughs> chain. I guess that worked. I'm going to make neck part. A th- yeah. Neck okay. part. Yeah. Jeez. Not can't even say it. neck part, a thing. Now I'm going to just, neck part that a thing i'm gonna write that down make sure that's included in the episode description there you go yeah (laughs) but yeah so that's and the fact that it was like a straight up 
kind of horror movie. You know, it was like a legit, quote unquote, legit horror. Like they were going for scares. They were going for jump scares. They were going for the blood and not done on that more fun comedy campy level. Yeah, this this movie was way serious. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that's what Sam Raimi wanted in the first one. Well, he completely missed it compared to this. This one was this felt like this. I I don't want to say for adults, but it's just it really felt like a mature movie. Mm -hmm. Like somebody really did some thought and work into it. I completely agree. I thought the the director, I don't have it written down, um, fed out something. Oh, yeah, it's some uh, I can't I don't even know if I could even pronounce it. It is should be right there. Fede Alvarez. Yeah. 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 Fede. Well, I, I'm pretty sure the last name's Alvarez or Al. It's got a thing on it. So I don't know. Alvarez. But yeah, he yeah. he did a really good job with this. And I like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised going into it. I didn't really have a lot of high expectations uh, when I first sat down to watch this. Wasn't really sure what I was getting but very, very pleased because it was, there were some scary parts. There were some kind of, oh, I don't want to watch that part. <laughs> like, oh, that's icky. <laughs> oh yeah. Th- this, this movie left nothing to the imagination. This, this was right up in front. I mean, you want to see somebody sawing their own hand off or arm off. You saw it. Some, some girl slicing her jaw wide open. You, you got to see her do it, licking the, licking the, uh, utility, utility knife. Oh my God. My, mm-hmm. my, me and my wife just cringed on the couch. Ugh, yeah. Oh, it was wow. This was a good one. This, I, God, I love, I really enjoy this, this, this movie a lot. I kind of forgot how much I liked it. And like I said, I it was starting to worry. I was like, God, did I remember this? Like, too fondly (laughs) or is it really does it still hold up after these years and i think it does well it was done in 2013 it's not like it was so many 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 years ago yeah yeah of course so many (laughs) (laughs) what was i thinking well you know 2020 was like 14 years in of itself so i'll give you that (laughs) because it did feel like goddamn forever 2020 did i'll give you that but yeah so i like the uh I like the whole idea that they went a different way instead of having somebody try to recreate uh, Ash Williams, mm-hmm. which apparently is a made up last name. No, they never give him an actual last name. And I think until way later, okay. it's never mentioned. I don't think even in the credits, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I think it was, it wasn't until the, like they did something with a comic book that they gave him a last name. Okay. Yeah, because I know we we find out that it's Ashley in the very, very first one. But now yeah. I don't think they yeah, I don't think they gave a last name ever. And so but I'm glad that they didn't try to re- reprise that character and they did something completely different. So the whole story with with now, I don't I mean, I've only seen this the one time and I'm trying to remember the the character names. But Mia, yeah, the the lead girl where she's trying to kick her meth addiction and stuff like that. I thought that was a pretty good premise to have to be secluded out there mm-hmm. and all that away from people. And, and I thought that was a pretty good idea Yeah, to, 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 to start. So I'm like, wow, you actually have a real good reason to maybe actually be there. 
Yeah. Wow. What a thought. Who? And it didn't take. It probably took that guy like ten minutes. He's like, "How do I get these people out there?" Well, I'm going to take a hit of my meth. Oh, yeah. meth addiction. <laughs> there we go. That was one of the things I was laughing about at the very beginning of the first one. Is that Scotty's driving, but it's Ash's vehicle. But Scotty's the one that secured the cabin, but he doesn't know where it's at. So Ash is in the back seat with the map giving directions. Which is the wrong thing. The, your your navigator should never be in the back seat because they should be looking out for road signs and stuff like that. Exactly. If you're if person you're, if sitting you're, shotgun, navigates. Ex- thank you. That is the rule. I know some people that that's not a thing that they do, and they're like, "Well, I don't know how to read a map or something." I'm like, "Well, then your ass should be not in, not in that seat." Yep. Shotgun is for navigation and radio duty music duty and then you back seat i said duty <laughs> i keep saying it and then back seat is for um snacks and reminding the dr- reminding the front seat folks that bathrooms exist and we need to stop at one that's why virginia no, I and i are in the back seat <laughs> yeah i don't i don't agree with the whole bathroom thing that's why that's why you get bottles all right yeah, for you. But you know what? Yeah. Not all of us ladies have a shiwi on hand, so <laughs> we need to stop at places. <laughs> One of the other things that I love about the remake is the use of practical effects and that they used as many practical effects as they could with the and very little CGI with the exception of like some fire and just removing the wires and shit like that for the practical effects. So Again, you know, we've talked about it before that a lot sometimes practical is better than the special than the CGI. And I thought he really they the special effects team for the remake really fucking nailed it. The scene where like Mia's hand gets caught under the car. Oh, and then she's just like, fuck it. And just pulls. (laughs) Amazing. I just sat there and reminded myself, like, it's fake, it's fake, it's prosthetic, it's fake, it's not real. Because <laughs> it was oh. so well done. <laughs> yeah, they did use a lot of practical effects in, in this in this movie. And they and this this movie shows what you can do with CGI and practical effects. Like if you rely more on practical and just use CG to kind of just blend it or cover up a little little bit here and there things can look really damn good because mm-hmm. you, you compare that. So you compare all the stuff we've talked about as far as the goriness that we've already, that we mentioned, and you compare it to what happened in that first in the cold open where they, where they burn the, the girl alive. Yeah. That was all CG. And so that makes me kind of wonder, like, did, like, did somebody watch the movie kind of post effect and they were like, you know, we kind of need a better intro than, than this. We want to get these people hooked off the bat. Can you do something with that? And I think that was maybe, I, I haven't seen any justification for it, but it just felt like to me that they just wind up shooting a scene with random people. Cause you don't mm-hmm. see any of those people again later mm-hmm. in the movie. It's just this, just to set this up. So I wonder if like somebody was watching, like, look, we kind of need to, a, a little more set up for this so people kind of know what they're getting into and then they just didn't have the effects to do it so they just went straight cgi is my is my under a guess anyways i shouldn't even say my understanding but my guess sure or also that 
as the cold open, really just something to grab the audience, you know, and what other great way to do that is then just light a bitch on fire. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, just, just that grab and being like, okay, here's where, here's where you're getting your special effects. And you're not really going to see that for the rest. Like, this is your, this is what we're getting to like, get you to latch on to us and, and follow us through the rest of the story. Yeah, I I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah, the fire looked real bad, but again, fire is almost always going to look bad unless you have the right stunt person to do, to be lit on fire. So, and I understand that, you know, they really kind of pushed the setting on fire as a way to remove, to kill the deadite uh, for the remake, because I think in the originals, it was just uh, like dismemberment and maybe burning, but it was pretty, it was just all dismemberment, right? Yeah. I don't think they even mentioned um, burning or, or burial as we come to find out are the three ways to kill a deadite. Yep. Which yep. I don't understand burying necessarily, but okay, well, I, did, I guess. I didn't understand dismemberment because they still chopped the shit out of everybody and they still got up and, you know, put their head back on and everything. It's like, did you just not like, were you supposed to quarter them or <laughs> clearly a straight decapitation isn't going to work. So I never understood how uh, dismemberment in the original three was the way to get rid of them when it never seemed to work anything else to add for the uh evil dead remake well just a little fun fact yeah so you've got mia david eric olivia and natalie right Mm -hmm. well if you rearrange the first letter of each name you get demon yep I thought that was cool. Absolutely. One other thing that I had read was that um, when the producer, Bob Tappert, Tappert, suggested the possibility of an Evil Dead remake to Sam and Bruce, uh, Sam responded the most favorably, whereas Bruce was the least enthusiastic of the three. Raimi thought that Evil Dead was exactly the sort of film that could be successfully updated and reimagined by a new generation of filmmakers, which I he was absolutely right. Absolutely. Uh, Campbell was not too thrilled at the possibility of passing on the role of Ash, but he, but once he found out that it would be a whole new set of characters, then he, he was fine with that. Then he was all good. And then if you stuck around for the end credits, did you stick around for the end credits? Yes, I did. Yeah. And so we got that. I, I call it a seal of approval. Otherwise, why would he have popped up? I agree. I agree. And like you said, I, I wouldn't have wanted to see anybody else actually try to reprise the role, at least not, not while we still have Ash versus evil dead, because like I said, I, I haven't, I, I, I think I've seen the first two seasons, but there's a third and I want to see how it ends. Cause if it doesn't end decisively, who knows, maybe, maybe Bruce Campbell comes back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But one thing that I read and I, fuck, I don't remember if I have it written down, but there was the idea tossed around that there would be a sequel to the remake that would involve Mia and Ash teaming up and fighting the Deadites. Ooh. That ended up being scrapped because I think with the, um, with Ash versus Evil Dead being picked up, 
that's how they've decided to tell the stories, the the rest of the Ash versus Evil Dead stories. Yeah. So, but what would you have thought of to see a team up like that, Mia and Ash, our two final girls? And how do you feel about Ash being a final girl? Where does he stand in the list of final girls? Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. First, one one thing right, at yeah. a time. Yeah, because I'm Sorry. trying to think. Like, I, I kind of like the idea of Ash and Mia teaming up, but I, I just... I just don't see it though. You've got two films that are just completely different from each other. I just can't see that working out. Do you? Uh, not really. I mean, again, since they don't care about continuity, they would likely just make something up. It would be, I feel like it would be too much of like an odd couple pairing. You know what I mean? And not necessarily that that would be a bad thing, but I don't know. Well, okay. So, and the only reason I say I don't, I don't think it would ever work, is due to the fact that while I know in the first, in the eighty-one, they were trying to make a legit horror movie. Clearly, by ninety-two, they gave that shit completely up. So now it's more of a campy comedy. Mm-hmm. And now, how are you going to have a character from a campy comedy go into something, in from uh, from a character in two thousand thirteen that has like this is really now traumatic this is now so dark i i don't see it's it's two way too polar opposites i don't see how you even get to a middle let alone close enough to even make it work that's a really good point just the two different completely different tones of the movies yeah i don't think it would work well yeah and i'm also reading that evil dead 4 was supposed to be army of darkness too and i don't know if i want another army of darkness i mean i'm not all that thrilled with the first one i got so uh, uh, oh how why we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more when we when we do the rankings at the end about okay okay about all that i'll kind of let loose yeah but some of the stuff i'm the some of the stuff i've been reading is um well apparently the latest in two, uh, 2020 back in june there there there's uh they don't say if it's a sequel or a reboot or anything like that and it's just gonna be called evil dead rise hmm. so i don't know what that's all about they don't have any i don't see anything i'm trying to look it up here right now because i just was able to find it interesting yeah because i didn't and granted i didn't really look too hard to see if there was talks of a another remake or sequel or fucking Rob Zombie's got his grubby little hands on the shit. Oh dear God. <laughs> oh dear God. Don't say shit like that out loud. Cause now you probably just fucking jinxed it. <laughs> All right. So when I Google uh, evil dead rise, it's slated for 2022. Lee Cronin is going to be the director. Yeah. But I am liking the fact that I'm not seeing that it doesn't look like anybody's coming back. Am I understanding that correctly? From what I can tell, it looks like it's fresh faces. Okay, so I guess since we're not worrying about, well, since they don't worry about continuity, yeah, you might as well just go with a whole new goddamn cast. I'm fine with that answer. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. I just stop and think, what fucking year is it? All right. Are you ready to rank them? Or do you have more you need to get off your chest well 
I only got one more thing. And okay. I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't bring it up, or maybe Uh-oh. you did right when our when our <laughs> yeah, interruption happened. But they we talked about some of the stuff that they that they brought back. Like uh, I, I I like the idea that they that they did like the the running in the woods with the camera to give it that mm-hmm. you know uh, first person shot of the demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know like. The, they you know one of the first scenes you see Mia sitting on the old car Bruce Campbell car yep I thought that was great the pendant you know they they do use the chainsaw I'm not gonna well it doesn't matter but yeah they you do use the chainsaw they got the gun and and all that stuff but there was one thing they brought up they also brought back you I don't think you brought up and that was our favorite tree rape scene yes I was very disappointed in that really Yes. Yes. In the sense that, again, it's not completely necessary. It wasn't like, I don't, and I've been, and it's funny too, that you actually bring this up because I've, I've thought about how I wanted to try and phrase this, you know? So in the original one, I call that just like a straight rape scene. She's raped by the trees and in the remake, while the vines do enter her uh, vaginally still an evasion invasion and everything, but if we're looking at it as this is the way that the evil now is going to inhabit Mia, it's like any other way for the evil. If, if that's the way it has to, has to be, it has to enter the body somehow through an open orifice. Like, would it have been better or worse if it was like in the mouth, down the throat or in through like the eyes or nose or ears or something like that? Like either way, it still would have been a really, I think, still kind of fucked up and dark to have seen. And do I think it would have been completely necessary? I, I don't. I think there's other ways to kind of convey that part of the story. But it seemed less, less rapey because it didn't seem like it was actually like penetrating, like thrusting into her like it did in the first one. Mm-hmm. So it just was like, I, maybe it was my way of trying to rationalize the use of this bit again, but I was like, okay, so it just needs to enter the body and that's the way it chose still incredibly invasive, but it wasn't like, it was actually like fucking her. It was just trying to possess her. Mm -hmm. That's how I maybe half-assedly tried to rationalize them reusing essentially that scene. What did you think? I, I agree that because in, in the 81, when she's when she's being penetrated, there's, I don't know, the audio, her screams, it sounded like she was in pain, but also enjoying it, which yeah. really made it real goddamn creepy. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that. It was straight up. She she was screaming. The other thing, though, too, is, is instead of it just being because it's not even the tree that penetrates her it's her demon self or whatever that comes out of her mouth and then that penetrates her so it's not necessarily the tree so it's this evil trying to possess possess her is what i'm gathering out of it so it kind of works in the story a little bit more than just the crap that they pulled in 81 mm-hmm. but the other thing that i thought was really good about this one is first off i don't know why she ran into this the the thorn bush or thorn whatever like yeah it's not the first place i would have went no 
but when she's getting tied up in it, you don't even necessarily know that it's the evil doing it. Like she just looks like she tripped wrong and gets stuck and it kind of looks like it's pulling at her, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't at first. So it really kind of gave you this, are they really going to do it again kind of thing? Or does she just get stuck? And it's still to me kind of up in the air that I don't know that it actually holds her so much as she just got held up. Sure. Sure. I could see that. Cause yeah, in the 81 version, she is being held down by the vines and the way in the way Mia trips in 2013 and the way it's kind of put together could lead you to believe that she's tripping and she's struggling to get out. And that's just making things worse and inadvertently puts herself in a position where now she's extremely vulnerable to the evil, but could the evil maybe had a small hand in that? Sure. Why not? But yeah. Oh, uh, the only thing I I like is, is when they kind of give you a, a final, well, back in the day it was final girl and then they kill her off and you're just like, uh, uh, okay. You just spent 20, 30 minutes building this character up. And you just kill them. Now, what are you, you going to do now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always fun to me. Like, no, I didn't see that coming. So now what are you going to do? So, but- and, and did you think Mia was going to end up being the final girl or did you think they were going to have her brother end up being the final, final girl, final person? So I'm not going to lie. I cheated a little bit. And I kind of, I, I had heard reviews about this, so I already knew how it was going to end anyway. So I am by not having seen the movie though, I didn't know how the whole story was going to play out. So I was like, well, I don't know if she was supposed to, or if you felt like she should have been. So I didn't, I didn't have that coming in necessarily. Gotcha. But watching it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, you felt like she was going to be there at the end. If, if nothing else, I thought maybe she loses actually with the uh i forget what they call it just the demon yeah actually being i guess summoned or whatever you want to call it being being there i figured well technically yeah she did die but she didn't stay dead does that count i don't know which you do know that she was actually buried alive yes how fucking terrifying would that be no, not do, I don't, I, that is literally one of the only things I will never do, no matter how much money you put in front of me. Mm-hmm. There is there is no goddamn way I'm doing that. I'm not claustrophobic. I'm just more worried about the idiot who's got to dig my ass out. Yeah. <laughs> I can keep my cool. It's just, are you going to be able to dig this goddamn, dig me out? Well, and then she had like the plastic bag over her head too, which that I on top of being buried on alive. Oh, hard. No, no. Thank you. The only thing I could think of is that as a safety measure, they probably had some sort of tube that you couldn't see. And so like the bag was like there, but you could still breathe at least a little bit. So in case something did go wrong, you had that time to get there. Yep. I did read that they were, they took like every precaution that they could. Uh, The, the grave was rigged or whatever so that she still was receiving plenty of oxygen during that scene. But and that part of the reason why they are kind of the reason why they went that route to actually have uh, the actor bury her alive was to also kind of get a little bit of that uh, hesitation 
from him, you know, because he's got to bury his sister. He doesn't want to. He's been having problems coming to this fucking conclusion for the last like hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. So that, I get that. And I'm I, I think Jane Levy does a, a great job as Mia. I really like her. I've only seen her in like one other thing in the show Suburgatory. Suburgatory. But I thought she did a great job in in this having only known her from uh, like comedies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have anything really to say about any of the cast, honestly, from any of the movies. I thought they did pretty well. The, the only thing I keep hearing about is how, what was her name? Uh, Natalia or Natalie mm. I think is what her name was like how she didn't do a very good job, but I was like, they didn't give her really anything to work with. Like she was just there just for a part. Yeah. And so I don't blame necessarily her, her acting. It's just, she just didn't have hardly any lines, yeah, nothing, I, to do, nothing to really do. I thought she did fine. I mean, she didn't really, I didn't think there was anything that stood out as like bad on her part. Cause yeah. Natalie, she was the one that had to uh, saw her arm off. Right. Yes. She was okay. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job with that. And then even after she does that and the boys go and check on her or whatever, and she's just like, she does that slow turnaround and she's the arms just like barely dangling there. And then oh. it plops and she's like, I feel so much better now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Ew."> yeah. <laughs> so good job to her. She really grossed me out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like we said, I, like, yeah. at least like I think I, I, this whole movie just is visually is is visually great. Yeah. Other than the cold open where it's too much CGI for me. But like I said, I think that's that was something they just kind of threw together at the last minute. Honest. That, that's what it looks like to me. And that's what it feels like, because it's so it's not out of place, but it just doesn't seem like it fits very well. Yeah. I kind of took it as like this is their recap of their story. So we don't get the story of like that daughter and her dad and whoever these witchy town people were there to help unpossess her or whatever. You know what hmm. I mean? So it's just, yeah, that's kind of how I took it is for the other two movies. We've got, we got some sort of recap, whether it fit continuity or not, but that's or how not. I took this. Yeah. <laughs> and not, but that's how I, that's kind of how I looked at it is that this is their previously on, even though we didn't get to see it. So, or is it just setting up some, it sets up a backstory more or less yeah. like what the hell's actually going on? Yeah. I can see that. So maybe, so maybe they were supposed to replace the uh, mom and pop from the original. Either way, it was fine. It was, yeah, it was, it's, it's a cold open. It does what it has to do. It gets your attention and kind of lets you know what you're in for. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that. Yeah. All right. So we will go ahead and wrap up this bitch. We are at the point where we are going to compare the remakes that we've covered so far. So they are Nightmare, Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, The Little Shop of Horrors, Robocop, and Evil Dead. Would you like to start? Sure. <laughs> so out of just the remakes, I Little Shop is always going to be first. It, it's going to be hard to top that one. And then I'm going to put the Evil Dead remake at second. And then uh, Friday the 13th, because as stupendous as it is, 
again, as I've said before, it's one that I think everyone should watch at least once to draw their own conclusions. And uh, I still struggle with last place (laughs) (laughs) between Nightmare and Nightmare on Elm Street and RoboCop. So I think this time around, since I'm not so fired up about that movie anymore, I think I'm going to put RoboCop at fourth and then Nightmare fifth. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard time arguing with some of that. So, yeah, I've got Little Shop number one. I, I, I don't know how that one's going to get beat. Maybe it does, but not right now. No. Yeah, and Evil Dead 2, this was a fabulous reboot, remake. Did we decide what we're calling it? I think this one is actually considered a remake because so again our definitions remake it's just that a remake of an older movie with very few changes reboot resets the continuity of an established film series uh, reimagining remakes with one big change so I think this falls under remake all right yeah I I I, I really did enjoy this I still have RoboCop as three just because it's I can still watch it and still get through it semi-entertained, unlike Nightmare and Friday, which Friday I got fourth and Nightmare is going to wind up staying in the basement for a long time. I got a feeling. Yeah, I can. And I can respect your order. I mean, I (laughs) I'm not as angry about RoboCop today, but I'm still pretty fucking angry that has the audacity to call itself RoboCop. And then how did you feel that this that this Evil Dead remake did against did you like the remake more than the original? Because I did. I did. I would have to say, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, yeah, the original it's for what it is now and how it's beloved now. It's, you know, in its campiness and everything. It's just not scary. The Mm. remake was scary. And they went through, a, what did I read? Like 50,000 gallons of fake blood or something for the remake. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm going to go remake with this one. I would, I would absolutely agree. It's a solid one. It's, it's fucking good. Tells the story that we're familiar with. The minor changes are just that they're minor. They're at the cabin because... So someone can go, so Mia can go cold turkey. That's fine. That's the the reason why they're out there isn't a big enough change to call this a, a reimagining or anything. So storytelling wise, effects wise, and again, sticking with practical effects, they really fucking nailed it. I hope Sam Raimi was proud of the remake. He's happy with it. I, and I think that they are. I haven't seen anything that says, oh, what the hell were they doing here? I wouldn't mm-hmm. back that. Yeah, they seem to be, they seem to have liked where it was going. And yeah, I, and, and I think it's better than the original only because I think the effects are, I, I hate to use 2021 standard on 1981, mm-hmm. but even in 1981, I can't imagine some that stop motion and stuff. I, I kind of wish they hadn't even tried that just because they were so low on budget. And it's like, if you can't do it, quite right i mean even the money they had in evil dead 2 that that stop motion naked dancing corpse with Mm -hmm. you know tossing their head around wasn't (laughs) all that great either i can't imagine even for the time 
It's hard so. to, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to kind of remember that far back and remember if, you know, wow, those were amazing effects, you know, cause it, and again, you know, we didn't really become familiar with them until we were older. So I don't know, maybe when we were younger, we could have been like, whoa, but, and I think it's really hard not to compare to today's standards because they're so much better and <laughs> we've gotten a bit spoiled. They I mean, can if it's, be. If it's, if it's stop motion versus CGI, just give me the stop motion. At least you're trying. Yeah. CGI is just too lazy for me. I, I, I can't get behind it. I get you. Some of it can be done really, really well. But I think when they try to do too much CGI, that's when it gets to be really sloppy and just not not well done. So, well, or even all of it CGI. That's mm -hmm. the problem. Like they don't put anything really into the effects anymore. And to have seen this one, even though it was still only 2013. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like CGI was a bigger thing back then. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't do that. So, mm -hmm. and then, and the only other reason I rank, I rank the, uh, the, the remake so high is because I feel that with with the additions of Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, I feel like it just kind of discredited the whole horror thing of Evil Dead. Mm. In like the original 81, like the two did not do it service and the way that they just didn't follow any continuity. It's like, come on. Mm -hmm. I, that, I guess that's why for me, you, you get a, you get a huge strike for that. But gotcha. Well, right on. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. Um, let's see. Do you have any uh, anything you're currently watching or any uh, show or movie recommendations that people just really need to watch? Like what's floating around floating around in your bubble? Uh, right now, like I mentioned earlier, we're still we're working through Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it the, the first time I watched it. It's been a while. And it, it, it's really good. I find it to be very funny. Uh, the effects, okay, it's stars, so we're going to get a lot of CGI stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's for TV. It's, you know, it's probably didn't have that big of a budget. So whatever. But the, it, the comedy is really good. The writing's good. It's, and it's great to see uh, Bruce Campbell back mm -hmm. as Ash and, and to see that again. So... It reminds me of another show that was only aired for one season. I don't know if you watched it, but it was called Blood Drive. No, uh, uh. We watched that. It was a pretty. It was a pretty good show. I'm trying to find copies of that or a way to watch that, but I haven't been able to find it. That's another. It reminds me a lot of that, where it's a lot of comedy, but it's it's kind of gory as well, too. So sure, right on. What the hell are What the hell are you watching right now? Oh, well, let's see. After finishing the uh, Evil Deads, I had I, I started watching uh, Kevin Can Go Fuck Himself. And is that I got, the name of the show? Yeah. Kevin Can Go F about? Kevin Can Go F Himself. So it stars Annie Murphy, who is Alexis in um, Schitt's Creek. And okay. so I only got about almost almost finished the second episode last night, but I got tired. But it's right now. So it's like this she's like a housewife kind of thing very unhappy miserable her husband's kind of a douchebag and but the way that it's filmed is whenever she's in a room with her husband it's all 
uh, sitcom-y. So it's very bright lights. There's a really annoying laugh track, which the the pilot episode opens in this format, in this um, sitcom format. And so at first I was like, what the fuck? I thought this was supposed to be like a dark comedy. And I almost didn't get past it because the laugh track was so bad. But the second Hmm. she leaves the room or he leaves the room, the brightness of the colors all fade to a more kind of drab, a little more colorless. And she's just miserable. You know, she's unhappy. She wants a change. And she's really coming to realize how much she hates her fucking husband. I can understand if people have a hard time getting past the sitcom bits, but it's an interesting way to tell this story, I think. And again, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know where this is going. I've stayed away from spoilers. So I'm curious to see where the season goes. It's fun to see uh, Annie, uh, Annie Murphy in a different role from the kind of ditzy socialite role for, that she perfected in Shit's Creek. And it's, um, they have like, they have East Coast, like Boston accents. Oh. So it's <laughs> any other final thoughts or anything you got for us or other than other than this remake of Evil Dead was really good. I, I, I highly recommend it. If whether if you don't know anything about the Evil Dead series, just watch this one because you won't need to. It mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much own standalone necessarily. You don't need to know anything else about it. It's not like any of the characters and even some of the callbacks to the original, it's it's just random placement. It's not like you're necessarily missing something huge out of the storyline or a right. great joke. It's just kind of a nod is all it is. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't need to see the first three to appreciate this movie. But if you have and you haven't seen the remake yet. Oh, God, absolutely. I'm so glad you liked it. And I'm so glad that it's still as good as I remembered it to be. Yeah. And you can skip Army of Darkness. <laughs> Yeah. The Okay. So, okay. Here's my like stray observation, whatever, uh, with army of darkness is that, all right. So we assume every, all of this shit happens within maybe a day or so. And so he gets thrown in the past, but all of a sudden he's a battle coordinator. He's a mechanical engineer. He's a fucking chemist. And like, he can do all these things. He can train them how to fight and it's like when the hell did you learn all of that <laughs> well my buddy said well he was going to college but i was like okay then for what exactly but they don't ever mention that in the first two i don't think that he's going to i assume it's michigan state because everybody else is wearing michigan state sweatshirts so i assume he's going there too mm-hmm. but they don't mention but you would assume it's some sort of chemistry or something because he's got a chemistry book and seems to not understand it so mm-hmm. yeah that may that may do that there and and i think just the shot of the books in the trunk in army of darkness i think we were supposed to kind of draw that come to that conclusion as well but again yeah since they didn't mention any really not a major point in the first two movies it was just kind of like oh you're smart <laughs> well he's going to college i mean let's we at least know that <laughs> true yeah i think that's all i've got Thank you, Dozer, for uh, joining me today and tolerating my internet issues. I appreciate that. And thank you all for listening. And keep streaming, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. 
Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.